Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So we are reading a very interesting, wonderful uh, verse. <clears throat> and when I was talking to this devotee about the class, <clears throat> he was saying, yeah, we don't hear enough kind of like that fire and brimstone kind of preaching anymore about the material world being a place of suffering and how we shouldn't try to enjoy in this world. And so that's the perils. <laughs> uh, we'll hear uh, about that. And then the last half of the talk will be the hopes and the juxtaposition of those two. Because I was telling him that, well, I gave those kind of classes a lot in the 70s, and uh, I was a brahmachari, an unmarried, celibate person, and I don't know how much I connected with the people I was talking to. <laughs> but I felt really good about it. <laughs> so we will uh, talk about this. Uh, could we go to the, the next, to the verse? Uh, this verse is, so to give you a little context, there's this great saintly person, renunciate named Narada Muni, and he's speaking to this king named Prachini Barhisat. And the king was kind of, he was a king, he was a good king, but he was also kind of really caught up in material life. And even practicing some of the Vedic traditions, but for material purposes and not for this spiritual goal. So Narada was trying to wake him up. He was getting old, so he's kind of giving a couple of slaps on the face. So this is one of the main verses, this is one of the main slaps. Okay, so it goes, uh, I'll just read it myself. Shudram charam samanasam sharanamit. That's wrong. Uh, let's try another one. Shudam charam samanasam sharanamitivha. Raktam sanang sadangri ganasamasulub pakarnam agre rikana sutipo viga naya yantam prishte migram rigaya lub dakagmanabhinam. So he says, uh, Narda is saying to this king, My dear king, please search out that deer who is engaged in eating grass in a flower garland along with his wife. That deer is very much attached to his business, and he is enjoying the sweet singing of the bumblebees in his garden. So far, very peaceful, right? Just try to understand his position. He is unaware that before him is a tiger, which is accustomed to living at the cost of another's flesh. Behind the deer is a hunter who is threatening to pierce him with the sharp arrows. Thus, the deer's death is imminent. And Narada often talks in uh, allegory. He tells stories, especially to Prachini Bari. There's, there's like three whole chapters of allegories. And this is a mini allegory. It only takes up like three verses, right? But he's saying that you are the deer. That's basically what he's telling the king. And in, you're, you're surrounded, right? You're surrounded. Either you go this way and you're in trouble, you go that way and you're in trouble. But that's the nature of this world. Especially, remember, he's talking to someone who's uh, it's probably at least, uh, I don't know which yuga it is, but in terms of time of life, kind of like in my, I'm 61, it's time to you know, start getting serious, right? About you know, renounce, renouncing things and getting serious about spiritual life. So he's, he's trying to convince this king. 
because the king's son, they're off doing austerities for a long, long time. And the king is saying, well, wait till they come back. Then I'll renounce things. And Narada Muni is saying, no, no way. Look at the situation you're in. The hunter's behind you. The tiger's in front of you. Get real. Right? And there's many, many, the, 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 the Vedic literature, it's not sentimental. It, it, it's, it's part of uh, the Vedas are there to wake us up. So let's uh, look a little bit more about that awakening. Could you go to the next slide? I'll just say next. Is that all right, Jiva? And um, <clears throat> this is written by uh, Govinda Das. A, 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 in, I believe it's in Bengali, right? And this is just one line from his song, Kamala Dala Jala, uh, Jivana Talamali. He says, he compares this life. If anyone's ever, uh, how many of you have seen a lotus flower? Right, so the leaf of the lotus flower has this waxy surface. So if you, a drop of water goes on it, it very easily just, uh, just uh, glides off. Uh, glides off, right? So our life is like that. And that's what he's saying, that this life totters like a drop of water on a lotus petal. One other thing about the Vedas and, and the tradition is there's so many beautiful metaphors, so many beautiful analogies. Right? Because you could, you could just imagine if we were living in a place where there were a lot of lotuses, this is something you could see every day. It rains a little and there's the drops that just glide off. Just like our life sometimes just glides off. Padam, padam, yadvi, padam, datesham. At every step, there can be a dangerous situation. Right? So next, another verse from the Bhagavad Gita, famous verse from the Bhagavad Gita. Jatasyahi duvom ritur. One who has taken his birth is sure to die. And after death, one is sure to take birth again. Is that true? Does it sound like really, or you say, oh, I'm so glad I came to class today. That's really inspiring. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. But it's true, right? You know, Christian doesn't mince words just to make us feel good. Right? For one who was born. So, you know, we don't do that, right? When someone has a newborn baby, we say, okay, very good. Well, you know he's going to die. Right, <laughs> right. It's not. It's not the. Uh, but it's. It's true, right? It's true. For one who is jenas jatasihi mrityur, for one who's taken birth, druvam determined, certain to happen, just like druva was the determined person, right? And and for one who is born, death is certain. Next, so Krishna says in the Gita. Uh, one of the most famous verses. We could all chant it together. Dehino shmin yata dehe komaram yovanam jara tata dehantara praptir diras tatra namu yati. The embodied soul continually passes in this body from boyhood to youth to old age. Uh, and so the soul similarly enters into another body at death. And the self-realized soul is not bewildered, dira, is not bewildered by such a change. So all of you can look at that and see where you are. And the only thing we know for sure is you're going to keep on going to the right. right? <laughs> we have a doctor here. No vitamin E in the world is going to go, go back to the left side. <laughs> the only way you get to the left is tata de hantara praptir. Next verse. <laughs> Next verse. And the, the interesting thing, wait, 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 wait. Uh, <laughs> I think I, I can say for myself and maybe others who are my age that I still, my mind, I still feel somewhere left of center. <laughs> but the reality is something very different, right? 
And that's interesting because the mind is in one sense youthful because it says that the, when the gross body passes away, the subtle body, the mind, intelligence, and the ego enters into another body along with the soul. Right? So this is, this is reality, right? I mean, is, is it, uh, is, 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 is that, can anyone question this? That we go through these phases? And the interesting thing is that we remain the same person, right? If, uh, just like, is, is, is your brother here? Is Kirtan here? No, he's not. Okay, but everyone knows Kirtan, right? And he's, uh, how old is he now? Ten. So we have some picture, a picture of him later when he was much younger. I wonder how old he was there. Maybe three, four? Uh, he, he's, and so um, Kirtan's changed from three to ten. Or let's say, let's say from uh, someone who's older, they, you show, let's say, Palakapu, you're 50 yet? <laughs> okay. Uh, it gets more. If he shows me a picture of himself when he was a baby, you know, and uh, he would say, "Here's when I was a baby," and if I was not understanding the Bhagavad Gita, how could that's not you? Look, you totally changed. And he would, yeah, he'd insist, "No, that's me." I said, "Come on, it's not you. Look at you're so different now." And he might get a little angry at me. That's definitely me. So what has stayed the same? The body's totally changed. He's a he's a businessman now. He couldn't have been a businessman who was uh, in his diapers. Right, you couldn't do calculus or 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 uh, you know um, know how to run a computer. All the minds totally changed, the bodies totally changed. But what's remained the same? It's like the simplest thing in Bhagavad Gita is so practical that we're the soul and not the body, and therefore the things that happen to us in this life, um, they they seem like they're very important, and uh, but when you think about it from the point of view of rea- of eternity. Right? If you think that, if you, we understand the Gita, that we've had thousands and thousands and thousands of births. Right? If we start looking at things from Krishna's point of view, that he's looking down at us and saying, okay, my dear person, you're trying to become a devotee. Yeah, please, keep going. Because right? you're, you're, you're a soul, you're not this body, but you get so caught up in the temporary comings and goings. Okay, next verse. Jiva, Prabhu. So this is also from uh, the 11th canto of the Bhagavatam. But again, getting us, getting us into reality. After many, many births and deaths, one achieves the rare human form of life, which, although temporary, affords one the opportunity to attain the highest perfection. Thus, a sober human being should quickly endeavor for the ultimate perfection of life. As long as his body, which is always subject to death, there's that nice news again, has not fallen down and died. After all, Sense gratification is available even in the most abominable species of life, whereas Krishna consciousness is possible only for a human being. So again, Shastra is trying to sober us up and, and have us understand this. You know, it's so, you have a human form of life. It's so rare. There's 8,400,000 species. Only 400,000 are humans. Take advantage of it. Don't get just caught up in, in the politics and the sports and the cinemas and the, in the work and the this and that. Wake up. You have a rare human form. In this life, you can go back to God and you can develop your love for Krishna. Shastra is uh, heavy. Some Prabhupada would also say sometimes a translation of guru is heavy. Heavy with knowledge. Okay, only a couple more <laughs> of these. So then a very famous verse from the fifth canto. Next, uh, Jiva. This is that verse, The attraction between male and female is the basic principle of material existence. 
On the basis of this misconception, which ties together the hearts of the male and female, one becomes attracted to his body, home, property, children, relatives, and wealth. In this way, one increases life's illusions and thinks in terms of I and mine. Is that a heavy verse? Yeah? <clears throat> but, it, it, but how many of you... Uh, well, I won't, I won't ask this question. <laughs> well, maybe I will. Um, remember when you were, let's say, in the hostel at, in college? If you were in India or uh, in the dorm in university? And you had no wife, no children, no husband. Everything was just, right? A lot less, lot less anxieties? So, well, of course, you were in anxieties about other things, but that's another thing, right? But we can, but we can get very, very entangled in this world, Right, just um, Prabhupada calls it sometimes orbiting. We orbit around our small orbit of our family members and things like that, and don't have a very broad vision of humanity. Hmm? Um, I was trying to decide whether to sing this song or not, but it, uh, this is even before my time. There was a uh, movie in the fifties called Guys and Dolls, and in that movie, uh, they're talking. Frank Sinatra sings a song about. Uh, how guys are good, but then you see that they just get totally distracted by dolls, which means the opposite sex. So the song, I don't think I should sing it, but I'll just... Uh, <laughs> when you see a gent paying all kinds of rent for a flat that could flatten the Taj Mahal, call it sad, call it funny, but it's better than even money that the guy's only doing it for some doll. <laughs> so, you know, we, we get very entangled in this world. <clears throat> So, next. Okay, so the question is, what should we learn from these verses? Because we do, if we study regularly the Shastra, we do come upon these. And we read them sometimes, and I don't know if, if you're like me, but you try to think, how does this apply to me? I am married, I have children, I have a job, I have car payments, I have house payments. What should I do? Should I, uh, <clears throat> what should I you know, make of this? All these words about detachment in knowledge, and knowledge. Should I... You know, accept them wholeheartedly and just say, you know, um, see you later, family. Uh, I'm going to Brindavan, I'm going to Mayapur, and have a nice life. Do we do that? Right? Or do we uh, reject them and say, actually, maybe I should go to another temple, that uh, Shiv Vishnu temple, you know, any place else that ISKCON where they give all these heavy talks about material life. I mean, gosh, you know, I just want some Shanti. You know, right? Or... Do we figure out how to apply them practically? Not get word, not get, because we all agreed, right? They're reality, right? But at the same time, the reality has to, you know, we, we have to understand, okay, that may be, that's reality. I had this professor once who said, it's okay to have your head in the clouds as long as your feet are on the ground, right? So how do we apply the things that we just heard, which are strong words, to our everyday life? And to the fact that most of us in this room are not renunciates, right? And we have families, and we have children, and we have uh, a husband or a wife, and we have el uh, uh, sometimes elderly parents and things, and we have duties towards them. So how do we balance those two? What do we, you know? What do we do with all that? <clears throat> so one analogy that applies somewhat to this, if you can go to the next uh, slide, is that of the lost wallet. Right, so you basically you have three choices if you come across a lost wallet. And you see, this one is has a lot of money in it. It looks like a hundred dollar bill on top. Uh, <laughs> right, so say it's a lot of money. So you have three choices. You can uh, 
What is, what's one choice? Take it. Take it. Okay. Paka Patel answer. <laughs> <laughs> what else? Find the, okay, find the person, uh, Keshe was saying, find the person who it belongs to. And what's the third one? Leave it. Okay. So, uh, there's a fourth one. We'll only get to those three for now. <laughs> Keep half of it or take the money and put the rest. Give it to Krishna. Yes, yes. Well, that's what, that's of course what Advaita Charyapu was thinking. Give it to Krishna. Yes. <clears throat> so, um, taking it and enjoying it for yourself is what all those verses we've just been hearing about has been warning us. Right? Don't just be a materialist in this world. Right? And then leaving it there is a little bit what we might conclude from these verses. That, oh, this world, this world is just illusion. It's just maya. Everything is temporary. I just, just renounce everything. That's kind of just leaving it on the ground there. But as Advaita Charyapu was saying, actually keep, take, keep it, but then, of course, give it to Krishna. Find out, in other words, find the real owner. You look at their driver's license and you go online, you Google them and you find out who belongs and you find that person, you give it to them, right? That is, I think we, we agree that's probably the, the most at least honest and ethical thing to do, right? And that is when we hear this, these points about renunciation and then we connect them with Krishna. So that's what we're going to go. Okay, should we just wait a minute now? Is that all right? Okay, thank you. So let's look at the, the next slide, which... So that you know, you've probably heard me use this this cute saying before: different shlokes for different folks, right? So we have different times in our life where verses like that we had just read may have more meaning than others. The uh, the the there's the student life, which is kind of characterized by the uh, the top left there, right, of that. Uh, blossoming tree, right? When we're young and we're really, we have a, we're supposed to be, uh, at least in the traditional Vedic time, we were, we were, uh, we weren't just, uh, single, but we were bachelors. We were brahmacharis, right? Or brahmacharinis. We were, we were, um, not married and we were focused on our studies, right? And then that, that fully grown tree is the Grihasta ashram, uh, from which many of us are in right now. Right, where where we're, we're, we have a, we're making a living, and we're we're actually trying to put away some some lux, some money for our retirement, and 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 we're having children, and and all the things that 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 comes about that right. So those verses, you know, you, you'd say that to a grihasta, and that might that might go in in one year and out the other if not understood properly. But there does come later times in life. Those last two, there, the vanaprasta. The, the leaves are turning uh, are turning uh, for these for the fall season, right? Um, and then the winter of sannyas, or the the times in life where we we've made our we've made our our money. We the kids are growing, and it's time to actually get ready. That death is going to come, and how should I not not fear that? But how should I maturely address it in my life? Right? And we are, we're all at different stages here in our life. So, um, here's, the, here's how we apply it, especially if we're not ready for renunciation yet. The next verse, this is spoken by Lord Brahma and quoted many times by Lord Chaitanya. Um, uh, it's a famous verse. I won't read the Sanskrit. Um, but though, for those, we got it? Yeah. Those who even while remaining situated within their social position, the Sanskrit, stanestita, don't be, 
Don't run off to the forest. Stay in your position. But throw away the process of speculative knowledge, or the process of just thinking about renunciation because this material world stinks. Uh, and with their body, words, and mind, offer all respects to the descriptions of your personality activities, this is Krishna, dedicating their lives to these narrations, which are vibrated by you personally and by your pure devotees. They certainly conquer you, Krishna, although you are otherwise unconquerable by anyone within the three worlds. So we stay in our position. We keep our jobs. We don't um, sell the house tomorrow. But we spend time. Shruti Gautam. You see that in the third line? What does Shruti mean? To hear, right? Spend time hearing about beautiful Krishna. So it's not just... Um, in, many parts, in many parts of the traditional Vedic process, uh, there's a two-step process. You put... Well, that... You put down the material, and then you pick up the spiritual. But in Krishna consciousness, just by picking up the spiritual, you drop the material. So just by focusing our devotion, our love, uh, and everything that we do in our day, somehow connecting it with Krishna, that's real renunciation. That's actual renunciation. Next slide. So we that, to get the higher taste of, and Krishna consciousness is so nice. Krishna is so beautiful, right? Is Radha Mohan beautiful? We'll take a vote. How many think they're beautiful? How many think they're not? Okay, good. Everyone gets Prashad. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so, so beautiful. And so we, this, is, this is the higher taste, not just renouncing the world, but also picking up the spiritual practice. And and. One, I'm not giving you too much more Sanskrit, but one more verse, uh, the next slide. Uh, this is such an important verse um, to understand this point about how we can be uh, IT professionals and surgeons and doctors and lawyers and this and that and be great devotees, both. And this verse is what answers that. Anashaktasya vishayan yartaham upayanjita nirbanda krishna sambande yuktam vairagya uchate that uh, vishayan, which means material activities, uh, should be accepted without attachment, and everything should be dovetailed in the service of the Lord. That is real intelligence. Becoming, uh, becoming a family man or king in the material world is not harmful if one accepts everything for Krishna's service. That necessitates clear intelligence. Hmm? So this verse is, this word, uh, the last line, yuktam vairagya, very important. So real, real renunciation is not giving up this world. That's like leaving the, 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 the wallet there. It's seeing the whole world as Krishna Sambande. Sambande means relationship, in relationship with Krishna. So spiritual life is really and. And these other, these, all those verses that we said in the beginning, and there's many of them, are to sober us up so that we take this seriously. We take Krishna consciousness seriously. Okay? So, how, next slide. How difficult is it? It's not that difficult, right? Next slide. Too bad Kirtan's not here. We, we, we get our family together and we chant Hare Krishna. Or we come to the temple and we chant, we, we, we have Kirtan somehow or other. Is that, uh, is that really painful? That a big, big austerity. Would you rather do that or go to the Himalayas and eat uh, once a day uh, just some plantain? 
right? Come to bring your family together or, or make your home Krishna conscious. Next slide. Taking prasadam, is that really hard? <laughs> now, admittedly, the Sunday feast is not quite that. <laughs> I, I know I, I went a little overboard there. <laughs> but, but, you know, taking what nice vegetarian food that's been offered with devotion and cooked with devotion... Right? What's is that like really painful? Is that hard? No, it's right. It's so nice and 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 free from, free from violence. You know, uh, you know, don't have to eat meat, fish, eggs, all these terrible things that are the product of violence. And then we offer it to the Supreme Lord out of gratitude. It's such a nice thing. Not that hard. Right. Next slide. Or reading, reading enlightening books. Right nowadays, people have trouble reading more than a paragraph because they're so used to going from one website to another to another. Right, but slowing down and taking the time to read transcendental literature—that's so uplifting. We may be caught up in in this or that. We may be a teenager and she loves me, she loves me not, she loves me. She, or we may be, you know, a young adult and we're trying to think of how can I? I'm trying not to live with my parents anymore. Or we get a little older and then we have a car payment. You know, there's always things. And then you read some transcendental literature and you think, oh, it's not so bad. There's a whole other purpose to life, and it, 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 it it's, it's so enlivening. And Prabhupada gave us so many books to read. And here he even read. he likes, the books are so nice that the author reads his own book. That's what Prabhupada is doing here. I think this is in Bombay. I'm almost positive it's in Bombay or Mumbai now. And then the next one. And we make our home spiritual. We keep it clean and we set up an altar in our house. This is a very simple altar, right? Just with pictures, right? Or you, some of you I know have deities of Gornitai or Radha and Krishna, depending on you know where you are at in your Krishna consciousness. But somehow or other, we and we and this is also connected to the kitchen, right? Because everything you you cook, you first offer to Krishna. Is it's not so hard. So so the the practices um, are 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 really fun. They're really enjoyable. They're really nice. So this is all the Param Dristva, right? It's very hard for a jnani, a person who's just impersonal, to just sit and follow those shlokas that we heard in the beginning and yes, just neti neti and rejecting and rejecting. right? But here it's all about accepting, accepting Krishna. And the last one, I think is the last one, yes, is take some time to have your own personal meditation, your own uh, japa. So I want to play one or uh, a couple of, a uh, short excerpt from Prabhupada about on this point, and then we'll take some questions. Okay, so Jiva, can we do that now? Yep. I hope you can. Better activity, give up the inferior activity. Okay, bus. Oh, well, keep going. Keep on going. Devil's workshop. Okay, boss. So you see, he's saying, you can't stop working. We have to be active. But just do it for Krishna. Next one. Do not say. 
Neither Krishna says that. No, keep going. One, this is a couple more. Okay. So he said, you see what he's saying? He's saying you don't give up your business. We don't, whatever our occupation is, having a house, having a car, and these, that. But you stun it. He, then he quoted that verse again. Shruti Gatam. Spend some time hearing about Krishna. And finally, the last one is a YouTube video. And I think it's a little louder also. I hope you can hear it. But I find this. So is it hard to become Krishna conscious? Does it take years and years and years? Can you make it louder? Can you back? So the question, can we play it, go back a couple of seconds? The question was how uh, we've, we've done so many bad activities in this life and previous lives, so how are we going to become purified of that? How long will it take? <laughs> okay. Thank you, Jeeva. So he's saying it's so easy. It take, can take one minute if, you surrender, if we surrender to Krishna. So... So when we come upon these, and it also depending on where we are at life, in our life, we, sh- we shouldn't get discouraged. We should, under- we should accept that, yes, this is a fact. And how can I take this, some of these strong statements in the Shasta and apply it to my life right now in this stage of my life? And then how can I apply it in that stage of my life? And often in conversation with devotees who are more... Um, knowledgeable or more experienced who have been through some things, we can, we can uh, learn to adjust things in ways that we're making spiritual advancement and we're enjoying uh, the happiness and the bliss of Krishna consciousness in any situation we're in. So what questions, comments do you have? Yes, Raj. Uh, turn it on. Blue mic. Okay. Excellent speech. Uh, we talked, you showed us the progression of life right, uh, right from childhood to uh, getting old yes. and <laughs> yes. leaving this planet and right. probably coming back in whatever form. But what happens if you don't complete the cycle, like if there is accidental death? Oh, um, that's, that's up to Krishna. Uh, that might be be something to do with something that happened to us in previous lives, but it's uh, that's between the devotee and Krishna and what we've done in this life, and then what, and also what we remember at the time of death. Krishna says in the uh, sixth chapter, or eighth chapter, eighth chapter of Bhagavad Gita. Yes, but it doesn't mean like we had to finish that. It's just the natural thing, but sometimes, and you've had this experience in a loved one in your life of uh, someone uh, ending their life earlier um, due to an accident. So, but it's not that that person has to come back to finish that loop necessarily. Um, it, it, the uh, um, Chitraketu Maharaja's son was very, very young, right? And he, he passed away and that, that was, anyway, that's a whole other pastime, right? Where he, he, um, he passes away and Chitraketu is lamenting and lamenting and Narada Muni and Angira Muni, they resuscitate the child. And the child says, the, the, uh, Chitraketu says, my son, my son. And the child says, which father are you? I've had so many different fathers in so many different lifetimes. Like, whoa. <laughs> you know, that was a very strong, uh, Realizations that Chichiketu Maharaj hearing this child speak to him like that. 
Um, so it's not necessary that we have to finish that cycle. Right? Is that all right? Yeah. yeah. Ladies, usually try to go men, ladies, men, ladies. Any ladies have a question? Okay, any men have a question? Keisha, is this a question? Um, I teach the Rabu Buddha. Um, Rabu Buddha was doing a lecture in 1970. No. Yes, um, 1973 or something like that. He was giving a lecture, yes. Yeah, and. Um, in Australia. I, oh, it's in Askan, Australia Temple. Yes, in the temple in Australia, yes. Oh, I. I, I You've been to Australia? No. Oh, okay. Well, maybe we'll go sometime together to Melbourne and uh, the temples in uh, uh, other places, in Brisbane, etc., in Sydney. Hare Krishna. Yeah. Other questions, comments? Yes. A microphone for this gentleman. Uh, I have a question about, um, okay, for example, Somewhere in the Bhagavad Gita, one of the scriptures, it says you should be happy with whatever Krishna gives you. It comes naturally, right? Right. But then you have this, like, the mode of passion, which makes you want to drive really hard for some, right. some goal. So what if you're, you're a devotee, but you're not, like, a pure devotee, and you have a hard time? This is really almost, like, impossible to, to just be satisfied with whatever comes natural, because we all have, like, these really strong desires to, to succeed in whatever, you know, field. So what kind of advice? Um, if we have that nature, it's it's hard to suppress it, uh, as Krishna even says. What good would uh, repression accomplish? Better is usually um, you, you know this word dovetail. You know that we we take that drive that we have and we connect it with Krishna, like that, right? So uh, so like we have you know in our congregation here we have many people who are you know very you know in, in, successful in life and and and. and uh, have succeeded very well in their various professions. And that didn't happen by, you know, right? It was a lot of work, right? But we can uh, take that and uh, use it in, in Krishna's service, right? Just like, for example, we have many people here in the, uh, in the, the health profession in, in our community here. And so sometimes they'll offer devotees a service at a reduced rate or for free or something like that. They'll try to take care of a devotee. They'll use that profession in Krishna's service or, or maybe uh, dedicate some of their, uh, the money that they, that they make in Krishna's service, things like that. So we find ways to take what we, you know, the kind of uh, hand that we've been dealt with in life and just direct it and connect it, that word Krishna Sambandai, connect it with Krishna. It's um, unless we're very advanced, uh, like you're saying, we probably don't want to just renounce everything and to heck with it all. And, and then we, then like ten years later, we say, "Oh man, I can't believe I didn't do that." So rather use it. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Yes, it does. Thanks. Okay. Thank you. Next question. Okay. It's kind of a follow up to his question. Is like, where do you draw the line? Like. Um, uh, you know, you say you, you feel guilty if you renounce everything, right? Like, let's just say I don't want to right now. What would um, your wife say also? Uh, yeah, she probably would say, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> My so, wife might say, go, go. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, like, you know, everybody could probably sell their house and live in a one-bedroom condo. Right. And then, you know, donate the rest of that money to, you know, to the temple or something like that. But... Um, 
and then you know if you don't do that, sometimes you know someone could feel guilty, right? So, um, you know, I really should have gave this. Oh no, I bought a I bought a Lamborghini instead. Oh, okay, well, you know, that's a bit so, of an example. Yeah, okay, like, Lamborghini. Um, you know, so your mind kind of, at least mine does sometimes, plays um, uh, you know games uh, mm -hmm. one way or the other. Uh, I'm not sure if anybody else has that, but uh, where do you draw the line? What's well, the it's pretty much the same answer. I remember uh, talking to Gopal Krishnamarj about this recently, not recently, a couple of years ago. And he was saying that, because he said he has many disciples, he was saying in this area, who have good-sized houses, right? And usually they have good-sized basements. And he would say, well, use that basement to have, to have programs and to cultivate other people's Krishna consciousness. So don't, you know, he didn't tell him to just, right? He didn't tell him to just sell a house and, you know, uh, but he said, no, use that. Uh, like, for example, <clears throat> Mr. Puri over here, every year we have a program once or twice a year in his house, in his basement, a whole setup and a whole feast and everything, right? So he's following Gopal Krishnamarja's instructions. You want to say something? My wife's instructions. Oh, your wife's instructions. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> so, so, you know, we... It's so it's very individual. We are individuals, right? We have individual karma, individual uh levels of advancement in Krishna consciousness. Um but we should know for a fact that material opulence does not equal happiness. That we should know. That that is that is a foregone conclusion. And what if somebody keys your Lamborghini? You know, you know, key you take a key and scrape the Lamborghini, right? How are you gonna feel after that? It's like, oh, I mean, I had my 19, 2005 Prius with 200,000 miles stolen, and I was like, oh, <laughs> so, what to speak of a Lamborghini, right? right? So, so we should know for a fact, right? And, I, and our loving relationship with our children is not based on getting them the newest toy and the newest thing and, and you know, and that. Our, our relationship with our children is based on our love for the, you know, the reciprocation of love and us caring for them and making sure that they're safe and 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 healthy and and as far as spiritual you know like, like that it's not just opulence so so it's it's individual and it's you can't like say th it it should be exactly like this or that but we should know that that alone is not going to make us happy is that all right you agree or i mean i get it but it's still like uh, again for everybody, I feel like maybe everybody's um, line is different, right? Like yeah. you said, the intensity of desire someone has yeah. versus you know what they have and you know stuff like that. But it it's a hard question. Well, one advantage to the Lamborghini is you get a lot of exercise because you'll park it far away, <laughs> and then you have to walk to the store and walk to the uh, temple and things like that. But uh, yeah, so it is very individual. We haven't heard from any ladies yet. Oh, any of them have a question, comment? No. Okay. Uh, for uh, he'll channel his wife. Hare Krishna. Uh, my thought to follow up your question in there is that I believe that, like Krishna says, that you should do your prescribed duties. And uh, I'm a business, you have your business, other people have jobs. We all have desires. And I think it's healthy to have aspirations, to have goals, to work hard towards those goals. And they may look materialistic. But I think the challenge lies in after we have worked hard and we have done the best we have, whatever the results are, to accept them. 
And if we can do that, mm. then I think we have achieved what Krishna, in my, I'm giving my own understanding, is that we are doing our duties, we are advancing whatever we are doing in there, but we should have the courage to accept whatever the results comes in. And if we expect that I'll have this, but you don't get it, then don't go to pieces because I didn't get it. <laughs> and that will give you uh, more uh, unhappiness. And like Rajvari was saying, that money doesn't mean that you, you will be happy. At the same token, uh, people do have money doesn't mean they're unhappy. So it can be <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, you can be, a, money doesn't mean, but you can have money and still be happy. And so I think it's how you accept things. In life. Yes. Well, you're yeah. paraphrasing the Bhagavad Gita verse, karma nevari karaste, mafale shukadachana. That we have a right to do our prescribed duties, as you're saying, but uh, um, we shouldn't be attached to the results. Those, those results are ultimately up to Krishna and ultimately up to our karma. Yeah. So and the other you. thing is that, if, like you're saying, is that if you have, uh, you know, you're successful and you have uh, things, then you can uh, use some of those uh, proceeds you have or the money you have made towards Krishna's service. Yeah. And if you have a large house, you have uh, kirtan. That, that's, that's a good use of that home. Uh, it doesn't mean you shouldn't have parties. You can have parties also, but you should have kirtan also. Kirt- Send but kirtan it, parties. Yeah. But I think yes. it should be a ba- <laughs> you have to lead a balanced life when you're married, you have children, you're going, I'm giving my own opinion. I know that. Now you're really getting into your own opinions, yes. Opinions <laughs> is that you have to have a balanced life in there, but the goal is if you can accept things as they come in. And he's also saying because he's overseeing the, the uh, fundraising for the new temple, so <laughs> all your extra money you can give to him, he'll give it to the temple. That, that's a very good use we, of the money. We have uh, time for another question or two. More of a comment, really. Okay. Uh, but I was uh, thinking about, I've always thought about, okay, um, I can use what I have in Krishna's service, but then how do I use it is always my, uh, my uh, confusion or conundrum because I'm always thinking, is this a good use? Is this the best I can do, you know, or mm-hmm. can I do more? And um, so um, I felt that if... Um, by the practice of my japa and, and sadhana, that, that particular verse, Tesham uh, Satatam Yuktanam, that mm-hmm. automatically some, something Can you uh, translate what it means? Um, uh, so it says, uh, those who... Okay, now I have to... Now I'm put on the spot and I can't do it. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but if, I, I will to give one the who's, intelligence by which you yeah, can come to Yeah, one who's devoted me. to me, I give the intelligence by which they can come to me. Yeah, so that intelligence that Krishna gives, mm-hmm. um, I think is... Um, uh, it's very organic. Like the whole thing, it works out organically rather than us uh, that's a good, trying that's a nice to, to intellectually it. understand what, how, how to do this, um, but just by surrendering to Krishna. Krishna gives us the intelligence. Yes. And very good. Thank you. How long does it take to surrender? Anyone remember? <laughs> One minute. <laughs> so like it's, we have like three minutes till prashadam, so you could surrender three times. Uh, you know, isn't that amazing, though? And Prabhupada said it with such force. You know, one minute. What? Yeah, he, yeah, his eyes open up. One minute. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, but he's the point. Yeah. And then did you see the way he said, Sarva Pape Bio? Right? It means no pop, no sinful reactions. Cut them. Finished. So, um, Oh, good. Uh, our Chaitanya Nitai Prabhu is here. So thank you very much. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Hare Krishna.